Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and we are here with a very special guest. He is perfectly thick. He steps on the mound. He oozes confidence. It is Detroit Tigers left-handed pitcher Nick Ramirez. What is up, Nick? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good, man. First of all, I just wanted to bring this up. I'm, I'm fired up to have you on because growing up, I was a little bit of a Detroit Tigers fan because it's like four hours from Toronto, so I used to go to the games. I love the field. So I just wanted to bring that up, man. Thank you for hopping on this. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So anyways, let's go right into it here. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask is we've had a guy on this podcast by the name of Taron Vavra. His dad is the coach for the Detroit Tigers. Joe what's, V. What's coach, uh, what's coach Vav's like? Is he a legend? Joe V is awesome, man. I mean, doesn't matter what time of the day you run into him. He's going to give you the same, same answers every single time. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's an unbelievable character. Like, I mean, just one of the nicest guys I've met. Yeah, and, and here's a little background on me. I hit 180 in JUCO, so I wasn't the greatest hitter of all time. That's why I was a fall American. And I thought brought it up to Vavra. I was like, maybe your dog can kind of get in the cage with me. I have two years of eligibility left for NCAA. Maybe he can kind of work on a couple things. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'll get it going. But speaking about hitting, you've probably been asked this question a shit ton of times. You were a former hitter who, who moved over to the, pit, the mound, just threw gas for no reason, for fun. So let's go into that, man. I mean, how cool was that to be a hitter? And Jake Hager, who I'll bring up later, mentioned that you just used to launch baseballs into orbit. What made you want to become a left-handed pitcher and just make it to the show for fun? So, um, well, I, I signed as a first baseman, and uh, I was I was really uh, stubborn when it came to the draft in, in college because I had all the meetings with the teams and stuff. And um, obviously, like playing at Fullerton and Team USA like, put me on the map kind of thing. And so I was super stubborn with the draft. And I mean, I, I guess I had the, the thought process of telling teams that if you draft, draft me as a pitcher, I'm not signing. <laughs> and so, and so uh, I threw that out there about 25 times and uh, apparently they took my word for it. And then uh, I got drafted as a pitcher. Cause I mean, there was, there was, I think there was, I want to say like the reds, the Yankees and someone else were super serious about taking me as a pitcher. And then once I heard that from my agent, I was like, nah, I'm not pitching. I'm like, I'm burnt out on pitching. <laughs> and so I was just like, I want to hit. I can hit, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, yeah, I can hit. Um, signed as a first baseman and then uh, had some success right away at, at uh, rookie ball. And I think I, I played like 20 games there. And I was like, dude, this is easy. I, I, I was like 20 games. I got eight homers, like 30 ribs. Let's go. Like I'm – I'm getting called up, whatever. So I get called up and then I go to low A and uh, I think I hit like a, a buck 80 for, for a month. Welcome. And I was like, Oh boy, this, this is tough. And then, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I used to hit and I, I was, I was pretty good until I got to like, I, I had one really good year at double A and then I had to repeat double A and then repeat double A again. And it was just like, I was stuck there. And then, uh, I think I've, I made a bet with someone, one of the pitchers saying they're like, Hey, I can, I can touch 90 off the bump. They're like, no, no chance. You can't blah, blah. So I told our video guy, Hey, bring the gun out. I'm going to throw five pitches. Uh, I got to hit 90 once. And then, so I think, I think I, I warmed up and then I threw like the first pitch and it was 91 and it was like, paint. <laughs> and so I, I walked off the mound after that. And then I think our pitching coach saw that. And like, I want to say three weeks to a month later, it was like, Hey, what would you think about doing both again? <laughs> and then so like that, that, that like jump started the thing. And at first I was like, no, like they're, they're trying to tell me that I'm not good enough to be a first baseman. So I took it the wrong way, blah, blah. blah. And then, uh, I called my agent and like, he kind of like calmed me down. Cause he'd, he'd seen me in college before he represented me. And, uh, so he like kind of calmed me down kind of thing and talked to me about it. And he was like, look, you can pitch. Like I've seen you pitch, blah, blah, like you can do it. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I come back to him the next day. I was like, yeah, I'll throw, I'll, I'll, I'll start throwing bullpens. So like, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I was throwing bullpens in my nine inch training glove for my like infield work. And our pitching coach was like, dude, you're going to have to borrow someone's glove. Like I can't watch you throw a bullpen with a nine inch trainer. <laughs> And so uh, I threw like a couple bullpens and like, bro, that was the, that was the most sore I've ever been in my life after yeah. throwing, like after being a first baseman for six years and then hopping on the bump, it was just like, dude, something's wrong. 
<laughs> dude it's it, it is it, it, like people don't really understand man they'll say like why can't pitchers throw on short rest maybe because they're throwing 95 plus and your arm isn't scientifically able to do that like you're not yeah. supposed to be doing that and i wanted to bring this up you mentioned about you're telling mlb teams that you didn't want to get dropped as a pitcher talk about putting your balls on the table and saying listen here I, I fucking launch baseballs into orbit. I am not stepping on that bump and sitting in the bullpen and just packing dips majority of the games. I'm not doing that shit. That was a lot. That's, a, that's an incredible story. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I, I guess I was just, I was strung up. I'm going to, I'm going to be a big league first baseman. So what, <laughs> why waste it with throwing bullets, you know, but yeah, I mean, I guess looking back on it now, like the, the route that I've taken, I feel like that was should have signed as a pitcher. <laughs> I mean, could have got to the big leagues about six, seven years earlier, but yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, no, and this up. It, it is. And I, I mentioned Hager, obviously, and I called him yesterday. I told him we had NRAM on the podcast, the legend. I already know what story's coming through. And he, so anyways, he comes up to me. This might be a different story. So he told he tells me his first impression of you. So he's with the Rays. He's a first yep. bit. He's a high prospect. They have to have everything. They're strict, clean shaved, no, no flow. BP jacket, no like just cleats, no turfs, and he comes out of the out of the dugout and he sees a guy rip off shirt, European V neck down to his belly button, tatted everywhere, hat backwards, just launching baseballs in the batting cage. And Hager's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" And soon to be known, it was Nick Ramirez. What an electric story, man! Do you remember that confrontation you had with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I've always I played against Hags, and um, I mean that's how we we knew each other. We kind of got got familiar with each other just from playing together and coming up through the system, and or playing against each other and coming up through the system. And uh, I remember there was one. I think it was spring training of uh, 2018. Um, I'm just I'm getting ready in the morning, and down comes hey down comes Hager walking down the aisle, and I'm like dude like what do you go like what do you got and like i was just like dude i haven't seen this kid in like three years because yeah. he like we're in, we were in different leagues at that point and after then like we obviously like we were boys back like when we played against each other and then like we ended up living together in triple a and stuff and i remember there was one there was one day he was like yeah dude did i ever tell you about your first impression and i was like <laughs> no not really and he was like he he was like yeah dude i, I saw you uh you had your hat backwards and you had your cutoff shirt. Cause like, dude, it was the Florida state league. It was the hottest league in the world. And so <laughs> yeah, I I've heard like that. a neck down yeah. here and I'd cut the sleeves off. Cause I was like, I want it to look like I don't have a shirt on shirt on under and back. I mean, it's the, it's the bushes. So the jerseys are rough. So you got to yeah. keep, keep everything covered. And so I was, I've just cut like a deep V and cut the sleeves off. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this to every shirt I have here. So <laughs> like no need for sleeves in this league. Dude, I mean, it's an incredible story. I mean, and he said he was, like, scared of you because little Hager coming out of high school, obviously, he's the pretty boy and all that kind of stuff. And he goes and he says he gets a hit or a walk. He goes to first base, and he's kind of scared. He's like – and then apparently you just looked at him like, Hags, what's up, man? And he was like, holy shit, this guy's a legend. Like, he was scared of you. I mean, that's the kind of impression you kind of give off, man, because you're that big body on the mound, the thick god, and you throw gas and you just launch balls into orbit. I'd be scared of you too, so – it's an incredible first encounter, man. And Hager, I, Hager, I love this guy. What a dude, by the way, right? Oh, he's he's one of the best. One of the best teammates I've had. Um, just, I mean, all-around person, just quality. Dude, and it's like – and the funny thing about him is, so I'll look on my Explore page and I'll see these random, like, girls from the U.S., like Rockets, like the hottest girls ever. And I'll be looking at followed by, and it'll say J.W. Hager follows her. He's it's just an incredible. It's like it's a tale as old as time with this guy. This guy's an electric factory. And I and you you were mentioning the Florida State League, and we are a minor league podcast. We get a lot of funny stories here from the minor leagues. What would you say is your funniest story in the minor leagues where you're like, this is minor league baseball? I can't believe I'm here right now. We've had fans uh, climb foul poles, cops show up. We've had a ton of sh- hilarious stories. Um, I, I, like, I think the, the one that stands out would be, uh, I was, it was in the Florida state league, actually. Um, I'll tell, so I'll tell that story, but I think the most minor league story I have is, uh, in 2000, might've been 2015. Yes. 2015. 
we didn't have a home field for 60 some games. <laughs> so we played, we played 60, 60 straight road games. Oh my God. Coming out of spring training, 60 straight road games. So think about everything that you bring to spring training and having to travel for 60 straight games. That's incredible. And so we would play home games on the road. I mean, that's a tough look. That's an insane. It was, it tough was look. super, super bad. But so then, what do the uh, fans do? Wait a second. What do the fans do? They do they cheer, like do they cheer for you guys or like? I, I, every every game was an away game. Doesn't matter if we were <laughs> white white juniors or not. But uh, I think the like the the best story that I'm like, wow, that really happened was uh, we were playing in Daytona, um, and so I don't know like if if you're familiar with Daytona, but Daytona was it's like a smaller smaller field and with like the grandstands that are right on top of you like if you're going to the clubhouse you got to go down the first baseline and then make a make a little like exit of the field and the clubhouse is right there so it'd be like if you were looking at like a high school field and like the concession stands that would be like where like the like the location of where our clubhouse was yeah so right next to the clubhouse was a beer garden and so they sat right behind the bullpen and luckily I wasn't a pitcher. So I was playing first, but I like, and they were, they were rowdy over there because obviously it was like dollar beers or whatever it was. Hell yeah. And uh, so I remember there was a, there was like some commotion going down on the bullpen and I'm like kind of looking down there. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then like a cop shows up. So we're just like, <laughs> Dude, like what the hell? And we have like some of our players, like looks like they're going to the clubhouse but like they're standing back there. One guy's yelling, like one of our players was yelling another guy, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, dude, like kind of give me the rundown what's going on. And apparently a drunk guy went into the uh, clubhouse and someone was like, Hey dude, that's the clubhouse. Get like, get out of there. You can't go in there. And then he proceeded to walk in and then walked out a couple minutes later. And then the guys were still cussing at him. Like, Hey, get out of the clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I don't, I don't give a shit if it's your clubhouse. I just took a shit in your clubhouse. Oh. And then, so then that's when the, the whole thing, the whole thing happened <laughs> where a fan that was intoxicated took a dump in the clubhouse. Oh my God, dude. I love that though, because I, not the shitting apart, but the part that I love about the minor leagues is, and I'm, I'm a guy who I'm saying they should bring this to major league baseball is the dollar beer nights. How electric is that atmosphere? You have a bunch of fans that are so drunk that are just idiots it's good for the game of baseball, man. I mean, I love the minor league promotions, and I've heard about the strikeout promotions. If a certain guy strikes out, everyone gets a two a dollar beer or something like that. What's a couple yeah. other crazy like promotions you've heard in the minor leagues where it's like, what the hell is this shit? Um, I want to say that there was like, if someone struck out this inning, you got like free concessions for thirty minutes or something like that. <laughs> or, like, if you punch the side, like, because I, I I I remember like all hearing about my buddies that would like the organizations or the affiliates they play that would like pass the hat and i'm like what's that and they're like oh if you hit a home run like they pass the hat around the stands and then you get the money at the end i was like dude like i got 99 career homers like that would that would have been a couple, at least a couple of grand like just give me give me some money you know like yeah that'd be sick but we never we never got that dude i i mean like i said it's crazy because and the fans that get rowdy like i mentioned earlier in the show is the detroit tigers fans i mean those are just Motor City blue-collared guys that are grinding at the Ford factory. These these fans are crazy. I mean, yeah. what's the craziest encounter you've kind of seen or kind of seen an opposing player get with the Detroit Tigers fans? Uh, so let me think. The, the craziest thing with the fan. Like, are they, like, do they say just ruthless shit to opposing players? Like, just crazy. I mean, they, say, they say ruthless stuff to anybody. I, they will do you guys too when they're when the tigers are struggling they're oh, yeah. crazy they're, they're gonna let you know yeah they're gonna you know you're if you didn't already know you have a plus a five plus or five, six plus era they'll yeah. let you know they'll let uh, you know uh, yeah we we've had a we've had a good good amount of people escorted from the, the seats above the bullpen yeah no yeah, i love maybe. those bullpen seats though man they're so cheap at that comerica park that anyone could get in there literally that's, that's anyone where, dude, that's where we were sitting this year yeah. We, were up, we were up in the bullpen seats because of the whole uh, corn or COVID-19 and everything. So it, it's a good view. It's an underrated not view. Not bad at all. It's an underrated view, man. I mean, and I wanted to go into that uh, COVID season. I mean, talk about just a shit, like not a shit show, but just a, t- like just a weird season. You got teams like the Astros making the playoffs. You got no fans, but all of a sudden we have fans now in the LCS. 
where was that all year? Whatever. But um, how crazy was this year for you, man? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard to, in my opinion, kind of bring that intensity when there's no fans there. The walkout music's not hot. Like it's just a weird atmosphere, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely different. Um, the whole like uh, just you kind of you kind of thought that like no fans, the adrenaline wouldn't be there. Yeah, you know. But like obviously, at the same time, it's like, hey, your number's called. Like you're getting hot to go into the, the big league game you know yeah. what i mean so like at, at the same time it's like you might not have that like oh my god there's forty thousand people here like yelling at me but like at the same time it's hey i'm, I'm going out there to compete you know but um i mean just like it it, it would have been more weird if they didn't like pump that fake crowd yes. noise because then it would have just been quiet yeah because like i was just worried like because i mean if i make a mistake on the mound like fans in the stands are gonna know that i'm not happy yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. So like, I was just worried. I was like, dude, if I get up a homer, like everyone at home that's watching is going to know that I just dropped an F-bomb. It's kind of, and th- we can look at this two ways because like I said, we're an off-field podcast. It kind of, it kind of adds to that marketing of yourself. If the video like that from talking baseball or John boy gets out of Nick Ramirez screaming fuck after giving up a nuke, it's kind of cool, man. I mean, it's cool bragging rights. Your name's out there. You're trending on Twitter. You have the 60 year old Karen saying I'm never watching a Tigers game again. Cause of you, Nick Ramirez. It's a cool, I mean, any publicity is good publicity, man. But are you that kind of guy? I mean, when you give up a bomb, does everyone in the field know, like he, he, he doesn't like that shit. Um, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some times where it's just like, Cause I mean, I've given up, I've given up a couple deep balls to where it's like, God dang it. You know, like off the bat, you're like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's some that like that guys hit and you're like, there's no way that's going out. And then it scrapes out. And then that's when like, you got to ask yourself, are you like, you, you kidding me? Yeah. In, in other words, you know, but yeah, yeah. other than that, like, I mean, but like, I think, I think my more like, like more dropping f-bomb is if I, I got a guy that i can put away oh two one two and then i bounce something that's when i get like really upset yeah yeah no yeah when when you, it's when it's, it's when it guys like me step in the batter's box and you know you can get the guy out you just you end up just hitting a throwing a 45 foot breaking ball like that's when it gets you on but you mentioned you mentioned the nukes giving up a couple of bombs that let's just say would leave uh well hobbs field wherever that old yankee stadium was called where it's 500 and left yeah let's describe one of those like give us a little background information on a nuke you gave up where you're like tip my cap man uh, i think the deepest ball I g- i've given up was uh let's see fran mill reyes yeah so uh he he got traded over to cleveland and so yeah. i faced cleveland before he got there and so i was like all right i know i know kind of how to pitch everyone in this lineup except fran mill so i was like all right, well, this is what his charts are. So I was like, all right, this is how I'm going to attack him. So I was like, all right, I get him the first, the first AB, I faced him twice. So I get him the first AB, um, like I get him 0-2, 1-2, and I'm like, all right, I remember seeing on his chart that you can elevate fastball up. I was like, all right, so I'm going to give him my best heater up out of the zone and let's see what happens. I throw him, I think it was like a 92 or 94 mile an hour two seam that was running away from him up and out of the zone, like above the catcher's mask and it gets waffled into right center. So I was like, okay, well, that was a waste. There's a double. All right, let's figure out a way to get out of this inning. So the next time he comes around, I was like, all right, he showed me that he can expand out of the zone up. Let's throw a cutter. Let's throw a cutter in. I throw him a cutter in. And this ball gets deposited into the bushes, left, no. uh, left center, above the bullpen, oh. on a line. So he, <laughs> he, hit, he hits it, and I was like, I was, I was like, because it was one of those things where I got throw it, and I was like, was it, that was a pretty good pitch, I think. Like, I mean, because <laughs> there's been times where I'm like, nah, I painted that. And I was like, nah, it wasn't even close. But I was like, no, nah, I think that was a pretty good pitch. Like, I was, I think, I'm pretty sure I threw it right where I wanted to. Yeah. I go, I, I, as, as he's running around the bases, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like this guy's covers up and away and down and in like balls going that way, opposite ways. And then I went back into the, into the video room and watched it. And I was like, like, if we're talking like the square, like the bottom square, the, like yeah. the cutter hit bottom square. And he just launched it into orbit. I mean, I gotta oh, find left, this video left center. I mean, it, yeah, 
it was it was deep. And then Roberto uh, Perez yeah. took me took me way back. He took me into the uh, the second set of bleachers and left. Okay, I know exa- yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And oh my. Speaking of that, that was a that was a cutter that was a ball and a half in. And he just decided I want to turn on this shit, dude. I yeah. hate that. I hate that. Isn't it yeah. crazy how there's guys nowadays? Where we saw yesterday with my guy, our guy, front of the program, Tyler Glasnow, he's throwing nasty pitches. Bellinger just says, nah, my shoulder's all right. I'm going to launch this into orbit. Isn't that yeah. crazy now how hitters can just turn on anything? Dude, guys are so good. It's crazy. It is. And and looking on the other side of the ball, I mean, let, let's go back to pumping your tires here, what we, what we have been doing majority of the time. Who's a guy who you just feel so comfortable with in the box where it's – all right, here, this is a chirp. We'll say it's not a chirp, but who's a guy that you have pretty good success against where you're just like, I don't know. I just feel more comfortable with him in the box. Dude, I, this is a lose-lose situation because right when I drop a name, then the guy's going to freaking waffle me for okay, about – Okay, here, here, we'll change this. We'll change this. Who's a hitter that you've gotten out where you're like, I can't believe I just got that guy out. He's a legend of the game. He's nasty. He's like the poster boy of baseball. Is it Mike Trout? Have you gotten Mike Trout out a couple times? I got my – so <laughs> going to Mike Trout, so I, I definitely – the game sped up on Mike Trout. I, I faced him on a Friday. I threw him a cutter and blew him up, ground back, ground ball to me, flipped to first. Yeah. So I was like, all right, hell yeah. Trout just blew him up, broke his bat. <laughs> and then so the next day I, I'm going again. So I'm, I come in and he's like the second or third hitter. So then like right when I see him on deck, I'm like, all right. Okay, so yesterday we threw him a cutter, so in – throw him a change up. I was like, so we got to show him some different shit today. So I attack him completely different. And so I get him like one, 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 or one, two, throw him a change up that was below the strike zone. And he, uh, he popped it up, flipped, flipped his bat. Cause he was mad and oh. missed it. And then the next thing I know, the center fielder is re- trying to jump over the fence and catch it over the 400 mark in Anaheim. And he took me deep. Oh, you're kidding. So, yeah. was, dude, so you're, I mean, that's just Rob Manford juicing the baseball. Shout out Rob Manford. We, we don't like you. I don't like you. But anyways, I mean, so you're telling me Mike Trout flicks a yeah, ball. He, he's, he, he missed hit a ball 400 feet for a point. I hate that. I hate when that happens. I mean, that's, that's just a tough bounce. I mean, that's when you know the guy's the goat and he's the greatest to ever do it when you're miss hitting 400 feet nukes. That's just crazy. I mean, it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, and, and then there's, you play with a guy who, in my opinion, is top five greatest players to ever walk this planet. One of the hitters, we'll say. Miggy. What's Miggy like, man? I mean, this guy's a walking soundbite. He just looks like an electric factor in the baseball field. He's an absolute beauty. Absolute beauty. Doesn't matter the time of the day. You know exactly what you're getting. <laughs> What's a funny story you have of, have of him, man? I mean, he, uh, you see all the interactions he has with fans where he just kind of chirps. Not, not chirps him, but does these funny, weird interactions. I love the guy. What's a funny story about you being a teammate with this guy? Okay, so here, here's, a, here's a really, really, really funny story, actually. So uh, it was uh, – I think it was like a week after I debuted. And so we were uh, – I don't remember where we were, but we were driving from the bus to the airport. I mean, uh, from the field to the airport. And so we're all on the bus and um, I, had, I had my headphones in and I'm kind of hearing some like yelling and stuff. And so I like I turned, pause my music and uh, I, I'm hearing all these people like, hey, get him up there, get him, get the rookie up there. So I was like, hey, because uh, I think I was sitting next to Brandon Dixon yeah. and Dixon, I was like, hey, Dix is uh, talking about me. And he goes, yeah, probably. So I was like, all right. And I was like, what do I do? He goes, don't call, don't go up there until they call you up there. I was like, all right. And then so Miggy, is, Miggy sits in the way back and he just keeps yelling like, hey, get the rookie up there, blah, blah. And so uh, Gordon Beckham was our mic guy. And Gordon was like, Miggy, who do you want? And he goes, get Garcia up there. And everyone's like, Garcia? Who the hell's Garcia? <laughs> and he was like, Garcia, the pitcher. <laughs> and Beck goes, uh, Miggy, do you mean Ramirez? Garcia Ramirez, same shit. Get him up there. <laughs> so I was just like, oh man, like this guy's a Hall of Famer. Doesn't even know my name. But then after that, it, like Miggy's awesome. He's one of those guys where it's like, if if he even knows my existence, it's an honor. He's, just, I mean, to see what that guy does in the batter's box consistently, and even the fact that he's getting older now and he still puts up pretty good numbers and still hits the ball pretty well. 
it's pretty it's crazy to see and people uh, he's very underrated still am i right or wrong on that like no one really talks 100%. about him that much anymore 100 especially with like uh how he came into spring this year yeah. with just being in shape and and lighter like i mean just the the dedication that he put from this or this past off season I mean, it just shows you that he still he still wants to play and still wants to be competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you you mentioned Gordon Beckham, and I've seen a couple of videos of him doing like some uh, punk rock singing. Is he is he a, he's a big punk rock guy on the bus? Uh, no, I think I think it was Creed. Creed, sorry, Creed. Yeah, I don't yeah, know why it's a punk rock, but Creed. He's a big Creed guy. I mean, his his uh, he's got a a bunch of accents that are hilarious, and he's got little like. Uh, just little things that he does that you're just like, dude, you're one of the funniest guys I've met. <laughs> dude, it, 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 he is. He looks like he's funny. And he's he's one of those guys that has just sneaky been in the league for like 10 years, I guess. How long has he been in the league for? I, I want to say close to 10. Yeah, it's just he's one of those guys where it's like, wait, Gordon, he's still in the league? Like, he's still in the league grinding. He's still making lineups. It, it I'm impressed with Beckham, man. I mean, this guy, he's played for the – when he was in the White Sox, people don't talk about when he was in the White Sox, he was nasty. Yeah. Well, he was nasty with the White Sox, but I also, I, this is something that I'm an, I'm not an analytic guy, but you're you, this year. Congratulations. I wanted to congratulate you. You're actually a, you, you became a father this year, humble brag, whatever. Thank you. Do you think that you having a son kind or a, it's a son, right? Yes. Okay. You, do you think that you having a son kind of added a little dad's strength, a little extra to that fastball going into the oh, season? 100%. You think so? 100%. How, how, how much miles per hour do you think you gained on that? I would say, like, on average, I'd say about, like, two. Okay. I mean, I'll Just take a com- that. A comfortable two. I'll take that. So, shout out to your son. People, he's going to listen to this podcast in 18 years when it's blown up. He's going to say, I was first talked about on this show. So, just shout well, out. Yeah, he is. He is. But I always think about this. I like to say that having a child is like a P- PED. It, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's somehow up there for sure. But let's get sentimental here for a second. What's it like being a father? Because obviously I'm 23 years old. That, that's not happening to me for a while. I, I've heard stories of it's like when you have a kid, you're just like everything changes. You all become, you can become a little soft. Has that happened to you? Dude, like all the stuff that you think that's important in your life and like you hear your little kid cry for the first time, like when they're born. Yeah. You're just like, that goes out the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, just obviously like, yeah, like you do, I guess you do like kind of get soft because like all you do, all you care about is like your family and your, and your son, you know, like obviously yeah. like main concerns are like my wife and my son, you know? Yeah. And but like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things where I could go, I could go to the park and give up 10, not getting out. And then I come home and I'm still, I'm still yeah. dad. He you won't know. know. I mean? like, it's one of those things where it's just like, it may, he makes everything better, you know? Like, yeah, and, he, and he won't know like he, he he's not going to be like dad what are you doing why are you throwing that tutu sinker and that why what are you doing i mean yeah. it's crazy it's a cool thing it's kind of like but the thing that also is kind of cool is is when you're going to be in, you're going to be leading for what 10 to 12 more years easy you, you got to look forward to the fact that when he's at the age where he can kind of hu- like humble brag to his friends my dad's a big leaguer like how excited are you for that Oh, like, that's what, like, we, we had that conversation in the outfield, like during BP, we're like, Hey, like, are you going to be more excited to look back on like your debut or for your son's debut? Yeah. And I was like, honestly, like, I think what would be more special would be my son's, you know, like just being able to like watch my son grow up to, to have a debut in, in the, in the big leagues and stuff. But it's just like, I was like, we were also talking about, well, like what happens if your kid's playing little league and, they're like, hey, we need you to coach because you 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 were in the big leagues. You know you know how to coach, and it's just like, <laughs> nah. You just want to sit that. back and have white claws. That that's what you want to do when you're doing when you're when you're the dad doing that, right? I mean, I don't want to coach. I just pl- I played in the league for so long. I don't want to coach. That's the yeah, my thought process. Pass. Yeah, exactly. Just, just play my kid. We'll be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put him in. Put him out shortstop, batting one in the lineup. That's what you want to be doing. And I, here's another question for you because I'm assuming you don't know many Canadians. So can we pronounce this on my podcast? On the podcast, I can be the Canadian godfather of your son. Can we just put that on the record? <laughs> you got it. All right. So I'm the Canadian godfather of the son 
Uh, any, any, anything you need, you need me to take someone out. Is there a, if there's a fan coming at you on social media, just hit me with the bat signal and I'll come out and roast that fan for you. I'm the Godfather of your, of your son. I'm the Canadian Godfather. I'm going to put that in the go. description. I, it's hey, an actually, honor. I do, I do know Canadians. I'm trying to think Taylor green. Okay. Um, Taylor green. He was with the brewers for three years, I think. Okay. Taylor green. Big leagues. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think Canadians, uh, not many, not many. I know I played against Team Canada. Yeah, it, for the junior national team, I'm assuming, right? Or the, the yeah, okay. So you you have a little experience with Canada, but this is a funny thing here. I, this is not me being mean to Americans, but every time I go to the U.S. and someone brings up Johnny, you're Canadian. Do you know Susan from BC? They just assume that us Canadians know every single Canadian that lives in this country. It's the funniest thing ever. It's like, oh, dude, dude, you know uh, Mark from Toronto? I'm like, dude, I don't know who Mark is from Toronto. That's, that's the thing that I got to adjust to when I go down there, when I went down there for school. And when I was in school, we had a teacher ask us if we celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving Come in on. Canada. I'm not lying. I was in Nebraska and like a teacher Shout out Susie Curl. I'm bringing her up right now. She asked me if we have Christmas and Thanksgiving in Canada. It's just like, what are we doing? I mean, it's just the crazy things going on here, man. It, it's, uh, it's a tough look. but And being in Detroit, you're close to Windsor, who has, which has a crazy good casino called little called the Caesars Palace. Ever heard oh, of it? Oh, yeah. I would always not- see that. But I, 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 saw, I, figured it, I, was, I saw that it was in Canada, so I was like, I'm not going to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go. I mean, the, I mean actually, you if you exchange money, you get more money here. So humble brag for that. But anyways, do you kind of guys kind of see a lot of Canadians showing up to those Tigers games? Because I used to see it all the time. I see all the license plates when, when I used to go to Tigers games when I was a kid, there was a ton of Ontario license plates just in the parking lots going to the Tigers games, man. Cause they can't go to Toronto. It's like five hours from them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Cause like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you like a, what a Canadian looks like. They're just a little bit nicer. There's a little bit nicer in the crowd. That's what I'm saying. Like we, we, we I mean, I, I don't have that many like interactions with fans during the game. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I respect so, like, it. And most of the time, when you do have an interaction with a fan during the game, it's like, hey, give me a ball. Yeah, you know true. What I mean? so it's just like uh, in Canadian fashion, we'd give it back or we'd say thank you 80, 80 times after you get through us the ball. That's what we do. But the, dude, uh, it's it sucks that the Detroit Red Wings aren't good like now for hockey because. That city, especially when you guys will be playing in like September, it would be crazy with sports, man. I mean, you have the Lions, you'd have yeah. the Detroit Red Wings who are buzzing, and then you'd have you guys playing in uh, playing like all those feel all those places are beside each other, man. So it's crazy this year. It sucks because there's no fans, but it's a cool sight to see. I don't know if you got to experience that, but when the Red Wings are playing and you guys are playing and the Lions are playing, it's crazy down there, dude. Dude, like I because when I first got there, I didn't know everything was so close. Yeah, it's like, like walking. I was, distance. I was just like. Oh, like we, I remember I, I got to the field and I was like taking, we were taking BP or like stretching or running or doing something out on the field. And I remember I looked and I was like, Ford Field. Oh, no way. Like, <laughs> like and it's literally like uh, next door, you know? So it was just yeah. like one of those things where I was like, damn, that's pretty close. And then I'm driving to go get food somewhere and I was like, oh, that's where the Red Wings play. Like everything's just right here. You know? and, yeah, and there's a bar across the street from Comerica Park. Obviously, I couldn't go there when I was a kid, but it just it looks rowdy as hell. I don't know what it's called, actually, man. I'm assuming is that, the, is that the outdoor bar. Yes, it looks I'll, I'll, inc- like. Yeah, when when we would leave, like you would drive right past it. It looks crazy, man. I've never been there, but uh, wow, what a place! And here's a little funny story. Uh, when I was a little degenerate, 18 year old, I actually got robbed in Detroit outside of a hotel outside of a hotel close to Comerica. I was a degenerate. I was an idiot. We were getting beer, and um, I, yeah, I remember this is actually, this is a I've never told the story before. We're getting beer, and we walk walk past this homeless guy, and he kind of pulls a knife on me and my buddy, and he says, "Either you give me all the money in your wallet, or you give us the case of beer." So we just said, "All right, here's the case of beer," and we were out because we had to finagle a 24 year old to buy us a case of beer. So we were out of beer, and we ha- we're out on d- dignity. So we just lost it all there. I mean, that's that's what Detroit is for me. That's the impression of that. It's it's a sad nice. story. That sucks, dude. It is. And then here's actually a funny story here. So anyways, we ended up somehow getting alcohol and we just decided, let's just go to this bachelor party in the hotel beside us. So we're in this bachelor party. It it was like out of the hangover. We're blackout. And there's these like, like we're hanging out with the bachelor guys. We're shotgunning beers. Like they don't know we're 18, obviously. 
And this one guy just pulls out a gun for fun. He's like, you guys are Canadian. I'm assuming you guys haven't seen this. So he's just showing it to us. And me and my buddy are doing the super, or I think it's super bad where we're just like, have the gun. Or no, it's Pineapple Express. And we're like, don't, don't. And then we were taking pictures of the gun in each of our mouths and shit. It was the dumb. That's why I love Detroit. You just see the craziest shit in Detroit, man. I've never told that story. I love Detroit. I'm a big Detroit guy. Big action guy. That's crazy. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, and you mentioned having interactions with fans. We like to we like to say here, I hate foul ball guy. I'm putting that on the record. Foul ball guy is a coward. I'm, I'm not a big foul ball guy. But have you had interactions with fans where they've been overly persistent to get a ball, to get an autograph, where they've kind of pushed the boundaries or just said some stuff to you when you didn't sign for them that you're like, dude, like relax? Uh, yeah. I mean, so usually like when I sign, like in, in – and you, you get the guys that you go to sign for, and then they pop open a book, and it's like ten cards. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna, and especially when they're all the same card, like I'm gonna sign two to three. You know, like I'm yeah. not gonna sign all ten. Um, and then like most of the time when, when it's kids that ask for balls, I'll just kind of be like, and they're then they're yelling, "Give me a ball, give me a ball," kind of thing. So I'll just kind of, just like kind of like casually walk over with a ball. Yeah. And I'll be like. Yeah, you know what the like the two most forgotten words in the English language are, and they're like, "Uh, what?" And I was like, "Please and thank you." Canadian oh, thing. Can, can I uh, can I please have a ball? And I was like, "Nah, it's too late. You made, you made your bed." Now. <laughs> and so like, but then that people like next to him will hear him be like, "Hey, can I please have a ball?" And be like, "Absolutely." Yes, yes, <laughs> you get that ball, and you wouldn't have that problem here. I'm gonna start recruiting guys for the Blue Jays. You wouldn't have that problem here in Toronto, man. We always say please and thank you for balls. So maybe something to think about in the back, back of your brain. Maybe get that dual citizenship too. Your kid can go to school here. Maybe think about that. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I'm just going to throw that feeler up. And breaking news, by the way, I just found this out. Just did my research. A Nick Ramirez autograph ball on eBay, $15. So people, if you want to buy a Nick Ramirez ball, that's a pretty good price. My ball is probably worth about five. Actually, wait a second. $30 for a Nick Ramirez signed relic card. Do you remember signing all these things? Like, cause I, 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 I've heard... let me see. Let me see this card right here. Oh, this is a throwback. Oh yeah. That was uh that was good old team USA. And they stuck us in dude. So they stuck us in a room. Like a, it was a banquet hall. Yeah. And we were, we were in uh North Carolina. Yeah. So North Carolina banquet room. Hey, you guys got to be here at 10 AM. So we like show up for 10 AM and we're like, what do we got to do? And they're like, Hey, go find your seat. So we're like, okay, like it's got like name tags and stuff. And then all of a sudden you got like someone that comes over with stickers. And so we're like, stickers, like what the hell are these for? And he's like, these are done in blue. These are done in green. These are done in red. Wow. And you got to do 7,500 by the end of the day. Pardon me? That's not 70, even worth it. 7,500 cigs. Oh on, so they could peel those, peel the stickers off and put them on those cards. So they just make a free profit off of you. Just the just yeah. the NCAA doing NCAA things, ladies and gents. Don't pay the athletes. But, yeah, and you mentioned Team USA. There's been some nasty Team USA teams, obviously, last year. You had – or two years ago, you had Adley Rutschman, our boy Bryson Stott. Who was on that team now? Like, that's just a big-time name besides you. We had a few. Um, I mean, so our catcher was Peter O'Brien and Steve Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, first, I played first base. Uh, second baseman was Drew Maggi and Nolan Fontana. Shortstop was who was shortstop? Sure. Oh, so Nolan Maggi and Drew uh, or Nolan Fontana and Drew Maggi flip flop at short. Uh, Jason Esposito and Anthony Rendon at third. Okay, ever heard of Anthony um, Rendon? Nasty. Left field was. Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, Brad Miller at second. Okay. Um, left field was Alex Dickerson with Alex, the Rockies. Yeah, the yeah. Furthest home run this year. Yeah, he's yeah, – um, he, I know what you're talking about. Center fielder was Jackie Bradley. Oh, my God. JBJ. Right field, right field was Springer. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and then our starting rotation was uh, – Jamo. Tell me Jamo was in that starting rotation. No, he, he I think he was too. Uh, I, I don't. Did he? He went to high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this was for the. This is the collegiate one. Oh, collegiate. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so our starting rotation was uh, Garrett Cole, Sunny <laughs> Sunny Gray, um, 
Tyler Anderson. Okay. Um, who else did we have? Matt Barnes. What the? Um, who else was our starting pitcher? That's uh, just unfair, though. I mean, I'm uh, trying to think out of the bullpen. So I came out of the bullpen for that. Okay. So to, like um, a little Jackie yeah, Moon no, style. No way. What's that? Jackie Moon style. For, yeah. Pet player coach. Had, uh, <laughs> no way. Ramirez, who was my teammate at Fullerton. Yeah. Um, Scott McGuff from Oregon. I'm trying to think. I feel like we had some. I got I to gotta check tape so, on that. So l- let's go. I'm going to clip all of what you just said for starting pitchers, and I'm going to say, is this rotation good? That's what I'm going to tweet. I'm just say, is this rotation good for a college team, USA team? Sonny yeah. Gray. Ever heard of Sonny Gray? The guy that just is disgusting everywhere he goes. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. That's not even fair. And when you're looking – do you guys keep – do you keep, it, keep in contact with these guys? Um, I mean, I don't really like, – I don't keep in contact with a ton of them other than like when I – play them and see it like see them you know yeah. what i'm saying like, yeah, so yeah. like because obviously baseball is such a small small world oh and yeah. we had brian johnson okay so i remember i remember that one that team you, you guys didn't lose a game right i there's no way dude hey it was a it's a sensitive subject still you know oh you got oh was it was it like a little little semi-final final loss or a quarter nah, we, was so it? yeah we lost in the gold medal game to uh to cuba right oh my god and so, hold on. Let me check. Let me check tape on this. Okay, so we got Tyler Anderson, Matt Barnes, Jackie Bradley, Garrett Cole, Alex Dickerson, Jason Esposito, Sean Gill, Martin, uh, Sonny Gray, Brian Johnson, Drew Maggi, Mikey Matuk, Mikey Matuk, yes sir, Matt McGuff, Brad Miller, Brett Mooneyham. That's who I was thinking about. Okay, so um, the stock unfair. Kyle Wrinkler, Ryan Ryan Wright, um, Anthony Rendon. Not. Anthony Rendon, Jesus, big ticket. Yeah. That's just um, so you guys lost yeah, to Cuba. Well, yeah, so okay, so we're playing, we're playing the gold medal game. Um, we went to, so we went from North Carolina to South Carolina and played like a collegiate summer league team or whatever. Um, and like we were supposed to play like two scrimmages. The first one gets rained out. Like the we show up to this place and the dugouts underwater. So oh. we're like, oh okay, I guess we're not playing today. So then we go back to the hotel and we go to play the next day and we play like four innings because, and then like a storm shows up and lightning shot across the sky. So like, Hey, not nah, can the game. Yeah. So uh, after that, we fly to Chinese Taipei and played three games there. And uh, so once we went to Chinese Taipei, we went to Tokyo and we started the, the games there. And like the dude, the first game we played there, like it was on a, it was at a university. And okay. so we show up and we're like, like you kind of expect like team USA, like we're going to be playing at the nicest stadiums kind of thing in the area. And we showed up and dude, we played a game on a complete dirt infield. (laughs) Like the Japanese, like, like that you see like on the, on like some Japanese teams, you know? (laughs) And so, and we played, uh, played Sri Lanka. Okay. And Sonny Gray's on the bump and dude, he is absolutely mowing this team down. (laughs) Like he is, he, I, I think for the, through the first like two or three innings, he, he only threw fastballs. Okay. And he got to the point where he was with, he would go one hitter out of the windup, one hitter out of the stretch because he was trying to work on things. Okay. Just a little bullpen. Like, side. Elite, like elite. Um, and so uh, we were playing them and obviously there's a mercy rule set up because it's a pool play. Yeah. Um, so Springer was hitting in front of me. He hits the ball dead center off the hitter's eye. So I was like, <laughs> all right, that ball's launched. And then so at that point it was nine nothing. So then I come up and I face this guy. I take him deep to right field. So it was a walk-off mercy. So the game ended. Um, so we played that and then we played Canada. Okay. And then uh after we played Canada, we played Japan. And so I'm sitting in my room with Brad Miller, my roommate, and we're watching TV. And the guy that we're facing is on a commercial. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he's got, like, his name and everything. And, like, his whole commercial thing is he punches you out, takes out a handkerchief, dots his face, puts it back in. That, oh, God, that's incredible. Dude, I swear to God. So, we're like, dude, like, come on. Like, whatever. So, like, we're, we're – uh, we go to the to- – it was a – was that the Swallows? The Tokyo Swallows? That so massive – yeah, massive, massive field, yeah. Yes. And, like, dude, everything around the stadium's padded. 
like you know like uh like the rubber stuff they put at like uh playgrounds for little yeah. kids yeah that's what the entire stadium's covered in and it was like it's actually pretty crazy it's like dude how do you get hurt here this is phenomenal possible and so uh we're watching them take infield dude like watching them take infield is like it's unbelievable i've never seen anything like it so they got a they got a guy that holds a bucket like one of those ball bag and he just stands behind the behind the uh, guy hitting fungo so the guy hits a fungo and drops his hand right behind him and the guy in the bag puts a new one in there and they get the catcher gets the old ball tosses it brother it's only pearls they only use a one ball once they use it one throw it out well that's i mean that's just efficiency that's incredible (laughs) oh dude and it it was like and it was one after the number another like once the guy feels it and throws it another another ground ball's coming and it's just like dude poetry this, this is crazy and then so we played them and then um so we went to the finals game it was uh it was against cuba and obviously at that time i had no idea who they were you know yeah um, but looking back at it it was like dude some of the guys we were playing with are like some of the guys that come over and get big league deals right away you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah like you sure, all those guys I'm, I'm pretty sure uh solaire was on that team iglesias um who else i I don't, I don't know if Abreu would have been on there. I just, I don't know. Like if, yeah. not, but I remember the guy that we faced um, warmed up in the bullpen with a gold wristwatch on um, <laughs> and then proceeded to throw nine and two thirds innings, not dropping below 95. That's a, that's a just cheat code. With a, with a wipeout splitter. And so, so like, I could still remember it to this day. Cause it was just like, dude, what's going on? Like, I, 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 I think I, I went through three bats that day and hit like three balls off the label, but somehow like trickled them through the infield. You were, you were buzzing. You were oh, buzzing. Yeah. Electric. So getting to that. So I was like, um, we go to, they have like the extra inning rules there. Like you go extra innings, you got first and second, nobody out. Oh. And so uh, I was, I closed for uh, in college. So our college coach was the pitching coach for team USA. And so, uh, like we had this thing in college where like, if he would, if he want, if, if he, if he wanted me to pitch, he would look at me, but if I wanted to pitch and I needed to come in and close it, I would, I would tell him, Hey, I'm coming in. And so like, there'd be times where like, I would walk to the mound before he would. And then he'd be like, Oh, okay. I'm coming like that kind of thing. (laughs) And so, uh, it was, I want to say it was the, Okay. Yeah. So it was the, it was the bottom of the ninth tie game. So I think it was like two or two, two to two or three to three and something like that. And so nobody out bases checked. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, dude, we got to get out of this. These guys are going to walk us off. Serrano looks at me from the dugout and I'm like, me, <laughs> like the, what? Like we got, we got Matt Barnes in the bullpen. We got Garrett Cole in the bullpen, Sonny Gray in the bullpen. Like these guys throw fuel and you want to bring me in. Whatever. Let's do it. So, so I'm like, all right, like whatever. So I'm getting hot and I'm just like looking, I'm like, dude, I, I really hope I don't give this up. Like kind of thing. Like team USA, like it's yeah. a gold medal. First guy I throw a change up to almost falls over. So I'm like, all right, throwing that again throw him a change up out in front ground ball back to me first to third or home to first double play so i'm like at that point i'm like holy shit i might get out of this next guy fly ball to center inning over so i'm like oh my god like i just threw five pitches got out of this i'm this is incredible (laughs) you're the go and we got super prospects in the bullpen these guys blow cheese i'm done so uh, i get into the dugout and serrano goes hey let's go win it so I'm like, okay, like, yeah, win it. I'm coming up this inning. That's fine. Yeah, that works. So I come up that inning. I get a base hit first and second. Scores a run. So I was like, all right, perfect. So we, we ended up scoring one run that inning. Or no, two runs that inning. So I go out for the next uh, inning. And the uh, Cuban crusher, I don't even know. I think his name's Despagne. Like, you can what check on that. He, he leads – all, all of Cuba and homers. Despagne. Yes. D-E-S-P-A-G-N-E. I'll search that out while you're telling the story. And so I'm I'm facing him right off the bat. He's the first, he's the leadoff guy. 
uh, earlier in the game, he hits a ball off of Noe Ramirez. That was a, a hanging slider. He hits it away and it goes like 25 rows up right center. And he's, he's a righty. And so like he hits this ball and I'm like, Oh, that ball's hit pretty well. I watch the ball turn around, look at him and he's standing at home plate still like has not moved. And I'm like, Oh my God, the ball hits the seats. Then he flips his bat up and then he starts jogging. And so I'm like, okay, I got this guy to deal with. And it looked like he was swinging like a 38 inch bat. Yeah. And it, like, I can still remember it to today. It was like a, it was a big ass like Zet logo. And it like the barrel looked like it was like this and it was like 40 yeah. inches. So I'm like, all right, we're going to throw him changeups. Cause like, that's my, that's my best pitch. And so I throw him a changeup and he barely misses it, but he's out in front. So I'm like, all right, perfect. Got it. So I was like, I'm going to throw him another changeup, throw him a changeup down. This man hits a ball in, into orbit and, <laughs> and he hits it. And then like, I look at the ball and I'm like, no way. And I look back at him and he's still standing at home plate. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just gave up the walk-off homer. Like, all right. Well, gold. Yeah, we just lost to Cuba because I gave up a walk-off homer. Oh my God. That's I mean, that's just first of all, the fact that you the coach didn't trust Garrett Cole and put you in is just a humble brag. I mean, that's just <laughs> incredible, by the way. No, Garrett, Garrett, you can just keep throwing. We're gonna blue balls you again. Let's let's run an NRAM. I mean, that's an incredible thing. And by the way, the guy's name is Audrey Samare Despagne. That's his name. Cuban professional baseball player played for the Charlotte Knights last year. No idea where that, what that, I'm assuming that's a double A team, triple A team, but anyways, yeah. So he's triple A. Yeah. Triple A. Yeah. So he was playing triple A last year. So that's an incredible story. I mean, first of all, and I, I forgot to do this. I wanted to thank you for your service team USA, whatever. There it is. Thank you for your service. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, well, before a couple more things, the last, the second last thing I wanted to ask you, well, our third last thing, what was that like? Where did you get the call? Like when you were represent, you're, you're representing team USA, man. How cool was that? Um, I mean, it was awesome. So uh, I was supposed to go to the Cape for um, that summer. Like that was yeah. my, that was my off or my summer ball uh, thing. I got, I got picked to play in the Cape. So I was like, all right, cool. That's perfect. Um, we were actually in super regionals uh, against UCLA and I slid into third and something like in my hand kind of like tweaked. I didn't, I didn't sprain anything. I didn't like fracture anything, but like just it, it hurt to squeeze my hand. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, we ended up losing supers. And then I saw, so I told our coaches, like, I was like, Hey, like my wrist is hurt or like my hand hurts, blah, blah, blah. Like I already got invited to team USA at that point. And um, I was like, Hey, is there any way I just don't go to the Cape and I can just go straight to North Carolina when, when the trials start and they're like, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Blah, blah. blah. So I flew out to, uh, North Carolina played in North or played in like the, the scrimmages and all that stuff, like the, the inner squads that we played. Yeah. And then um, the hotel that they put us in, like it, it was one of those like uh, hotels that had like an inside atrium kind of thing where like you look over the balcony, you see all the way down. Yeah. Um, and so they were just like, yeah, we're picking the team today. Um, if we like, if we select you to be on the team, we'll call your hotel room to come to, this uh this team or this room or whatever so like i get called and uh so one of my teammates this year was actually on the team but he ended up getting hurt was cj crone um, and so at that point i was like all right well i'm the only first baseman like i'm i'm i guess i'm gonna be the first baseman you know and so like yeah they called called us in and we're like hey you made the team congratulations and then once we made the team it was just like okay, pick out this glove, pick out this, blah, blah, blah. But like compared to the stuff that some of the teams get now, it's just yeah. like, bro, like you guys get so much stuff. Yeah, they do. They do, man. They do. They're geared out now. Yeah, it is. And they get some crazy, like they just, Nike just sends them a glove that hasn't even been released yet. Or they'll send them cleats that haven't been released yet. They get spoiled. Those guys, those, those yeah. college guys, they get spoiled by these teams. And even like Cal state Fullerton or Florida, or all these big baseball schools, they provide some of the, like the athletes now with crazy good gear. Like they'll just have Rawlings show up or Wilson and just hand them gloves. Like here, customize this. It's yeah. crazy what these guys get now. It, it, it's cool. I, I love to see it, especially the fact they don't get paid. So it is a crazy thing to see. But the next thing I wanted to bring up is, is this year your manager, Ron Gardenhire, 
He had to leave obviously a little bit early because of the health issues. What's he's a legend of the game. He's a guy that's he, he obviously has been there for so long. What was he like? He's unbelievable. He's like, he's probably like one of the most heartfelt people I've, I've been around in, in the game. Um, just uh, the way, like, I guess like how he cares for his players and like tries to take care of his players and like obviously fights for his players during the game with umpires and stuff. Um, I mean, he, he's just, he's a manager that, you know, at all times he's going to have your back. Yeah. You know, so um, obviously when, when he, when he announced that he was leaving and he had to, he was, he was opting out. I mean, it was, it was tough to hear obviously because everyone loves him. Um, he's just, he just him, him just walking through the clubhouse and just saying hello to everybody. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, like for what we, what we went through last year and to like what we've kind of turned it around to uh, this past year was just like, dude, I mean, like you, you had a lot to do with that. Just the way you handled everything, you know, yeah. like, I mean, obviously it, no one wants to lose, you know, like any, any, anything you do, like you're going to have competitiveness and you want to win. And just the way he was able to handle it last year. I mean, like the, the meetings that we had pregame, I mean, postgame and stuff. I mean, it just showed like his character and that he was there to, to, and to do anything to help us, you know? Yeah. No, he, he's one of, he's one of those guys that it sucks because he obviously he had health issues. So he had to opt out, but he's so good for the game of baseball. When I think of him, I think of, I could be wrong on this. I just think of the Johan Santana, Torrey Hunter days with the twins. They were just nasty, nasty yeah. team. And he was just, he was buzzing, roasting umpires. I mean, that's the guy you, that you need in the game of baseball still, man. A guy kind of like Buck Showalter where guys like playing for him. Guys love playing yeah. for those kind of guys. So, exactly. but uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then this is the, yeah. So this is the second last thing. You mentioned the minor leagues. You've been in the minor, you were in the minor leagues for a pretty good amount of time. What's the first thing you notice where you're like, I'm in the big leagues now? Like, was it the private jets, the food, the catered food? The you're you're never having to wash any of your thing again. You have the beautiful Nike majestic uniforms. What was it for you? Um, I think like the first thing that was just like, whoa, was uh like the stadiums. You know, like obviously you 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 go to the like you can be in the the PCL, the IL, all the AAA team or AAA leagues. And you're just like, you put that next to a big league stadium and you're just like, whoa, like there's a lot of people here, you know? Like, and so like, I mean, I mean, that, that's, that, that, that part of it's just crazy. Cause you know, you're, you're playing on plush everything, you know, like the surface is solid, the bullpens, you're never going to have to worry about the bullpen mound being dug out. Like, um, <laughs> like the mound, when you come into pitch, like, Hey, if it's not right, guess what? Someone's coming out to fix it. Yeah. You know, um, but I mean, like, yeah, like the stuff you get is incredible. I mean, like anytime you need anything, like it's most of the time it's like, oh, well, I'm out of sliders or something like that. I got to order some, you know what I'm saying? Like I got to ask my, like my uh, sponsor to send some stuff out or something like that. But now it's just like, uh, hey, I need this, this, this. And it's like, okay, well, they're, here they're hot pressed with your number on it. Okay. <laughs> like here you go. they're sitting in your locker. Oh man, the show that gets me going, man. Just even hearing about the stories, like the off field stuff, it just really gets me going. The PJs, the guys cranking beers on the, on the plane. It's just, yeah, the, the flight, the flights are definitely crazy. Cause it's just like, it, especially like when you get used to that and then like, say you go travel somewhere else. And then, cause we went, uh, we flew somewhere yet last year or we flew to Arizona for a wedding. Yeah. And, uh, I was standing in, in TSA pre-checking my <laughs> wife and I was like, Hey, uh, Man, going through the security stuff, this sucks. It sucks, huh? It <laughs> like, sucks just, to be normal. Just messing around with her and stuff. But I was just like, yeah, I mean, you really do get spoiled. I mean, like the the food on the plane, the food after the games, like, I mean, can't beat it. Dude, it's, it's, it's the show. It's the show. You have just a ton of personalities. You literally ask for something in the snap of a wrist. You get it. And I don't know if you're doing this because, like I said, you're an electric factory guy. If you, if you, if anyone had a pulse, if you, if you listen to this episode and you don't think Enram's a bit uh, an electric guy, you're an idiot. But are you, are you ripping smelling salts before you stop on the mound? I mean, I need to know because I'm a big smelling salts guy. No chance. No chance. No chance. You don't like smelling salts? No, man. The old, like I guess like the only thing that I ever like sniff is like that ammonia stuff. Okay, so it's kind of the like, same that's thing. That's like the that's like the <laughs> hey, smell this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, nah. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty like standard when it comes to like my pre pre game entry. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'll I'll walk out to the uh, the bullpen. Um, 
I'll put a dip in before the before the game starts. Let's so go, of course. Do that, and then um, as the game starts, first pitch, I try to time it with the red ball pop, <laughs> and then uh, and then pop open the my Tylenols house those, and then and then after that, I'm just chilling. That's the greatest free game routine I think I've ever heard. I mean, I wish I did that because maybe I would have just had a, a hit over my body weight. Maybe that's what that maybe that was the success. But anyways, man, I mean. This this was an electric interview, first of all, because and let's get this on the record. Can you technic can you say on the record this is the most electric baseball podcast you've ever been on and most electric baseball podcast on the planet? This is the most electric baseball podcast I've ever been on. Okay. And most electric podcast for baseball on the planet. Thank you. And there's the there's the certificate there. So people, if you're if you need a team to root for, you need a you need a guy on the bullpen to root for, a, a thick, perfectly thick lefty, Nick Ramirez is your guy, man. I mean Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this shit. Thank you, Nick, for hopping on. Like I said, what an electric interview. I can't wait to drop this shit. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, brother. There it is, man. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.